Okay, first of all, it's Tuesday and it's evening, and uh, I think we're in L.A., Hampton. I mean, I guess you're in Burbank. Yeah, I'm fucked up, dude. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what's what? going on. I just walk into parties all the live from New York. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we're not in New York. Fucking, <laughs> where's my family? We love SNL. People just do love SNL, don't they? Isn't that so amazing? How? They just love it. I How know. is it possible? I don't know. They have honestly the uh, mental health whatever like the DSA has not found what what like mental affliction it is that makes people like <laughs> SNL and like talk about it like it's a relevant thing. Like do, did you hear what Michael Che said? It's like you I'm like are you a little girl? Are you a little <laughs> tiny tiny little girl? Who like watches, a baby, like a yeah. <laughs> Didn't they just have yeah. on like K-pop and stuff? It's like, guys, this isn't for you anymore. This is like for little babies. I have uh, not watched it in so long. I have no idea. I mean, I guess K-pop is so popular. I would imagine they had fucking BTS on or whatever. <laughs> it's, uh, it's popular with little girls. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Wiggles are popular with babies. Do we put them on SNL? Like, what, so what is funny. this? What is popularity Musical guest. Metric? Musical guest. Barney. <laughs> <laughs> and he does like a whole like Kanye West aesthetic where it's like the most like beautiful set design he's ever done. It's all white. Barney comes out and he's just like, slavery was a myth. I gave myself. And it's like, what? Like, what is he? he just gives a 20 minute long talk about race. I love you. I hate me because I'm bipolar. <laughs> I, I'm bipolar. I'm bipolar. You're welcome. The Kanye Man. West album. Kanye, uh, I was such a Kanye fan for so long, and even into like when he started to do crazy shit, like say he was going to run for president, I was like, this guy's so funny, man. This is all a big troll. I really was. I thought that he was just the biggest yeah, was, long-term yeah, on the prank team. on America itself in our history, and mm -hmm. then he came out with that album, and on the cover it said... Um, what did it say? I hate being bipolar. I love it or something. <laughs> what, if, what if it was like college dropout and you're like, it said college dropout. Yikes. Um, yeah. No, thank you. What is this? This fucking, oh, a bear sitting on steps. Uh, thumbs down. Uh, in the chat, Aristotle just said, it's awesome. Oh, not the album, oh, the, album. the title. Ooh, mm -hmm. Aristotle. I ag I disagree with you, four million percent. I uh, I don't know if I agree. I I also really dislike that album. What is the oh? What's the name of the album though? Is it literally called? It's 
I think it's like I'm bipolar. No, except for when I'm not, or some shit. That, like you know, like something like literally would be on a hot topic T-shirt. Like it'd be like, I wish the clowns in my head would stop yelling, and it's like written in like scary corn font on a. On yes. A shirt. Okay. It says, "I hate being bipolar. It's awesome." I uh, and it, wow, wow, this is so interesting, Aristotle. Uh, Aristotle is commenting again that he loves it. Um, and I don't know if you're being ironic because I don't want to be rude to you, man, because I love you so much. Aristotle's a huge defender. Oh, okay. He's kidding. Okay. And I, it's also funny that, that. uh, this all happened in text and he, you could have just unmuted and showed up, but I talked to computer you for some (laughs) reason because I'm insane. He's recording multiple podcasts right now. And there's the illusion that he's just focusing on us. This quarantine has fucked up the gig economy, man. Yeah. Aristotle is the uh, robot in the movie. Her. Yeah. Uh, He's recording recording eight million podcasts all at the same time. Yeah, he's recording Harmontown, like uh, (laughs) My Favorite Murder, an actual murder podcast. And carrying on romantic relationships with all of those people. Successful ones. They're all healthy, except for ours, of course. Um, But okay, thank you, God, Aristotle. Thank you for uh, clearing up that you were kidding. Because, yes, I hate being bipolar. It's awesome is the easiest joke about being bipolar it's the thing That's everyone so says the first time they hear about being bipolar. <laughs> oh, it's bad and good? It's good, bad? <laughs> Sometimes it's up. But then it comes right, right, right back down. <laughs> Highs and lows. You know, I guess you could say, I guess you could say I'm a little bit cunty. I'm a little bit cock and balls. Um, I mean, it's like, shut up. Yeah. He, he he became less funny. It's like a comic who stopped being yeah. funny, and it's like you remember seeing them just crush and kill, and then they make they break, and then you kind of go, oh, maybe they killed because they're a sociopath. <laughs> I think there's there also a, a true danger in getting popular for the act of trolling because I think he legitimately mm. for a while like rushing the stage at the Grammys and stuff like it, all of that shit. Yeah. It really felt like. Wasn't that the was MTV him Awards just well whatever it was it was just him understanding his own fame and uh right he did like a bunch of stuff like that and then he got known for it and then he yeah. clearly drank his own Kool-Aid and now he's just this guy who's like it's the bipolar up down album <laughs> it's the <laughs> yeah it's like where do you go from there man like way to paint yourself in a dumb corner <laughs> yeah like i love trump i'm crazy <laughs> and that's okay <laughs> don't take pills it's just like uh, dude yeah. where how do you come back from that and go well actually i was thinking we'd make an acoustic album after all that like you know, I thought maybe it makes something that's all about like trains and Americana, you know, Route 66, get back to the heartland. And like, man, dude, would... I don't know. He just came out with a new thing. Did uh, he? Yeah. The last album that he came out with uh, was like a religious one, which was uh, lame. And uh, it was called, I, think, I love being manic. I love it. <laughs> It's like, I don't even know if he dropped that. He like literally just was like, Jesus, it's it's all about God. And like, it was weird, man. That was, it's funny. I don't really give a shit other than uh, his music was such a big, yeah, his music was such a big (laughs) part of, you know, being in my early twenties, you know, like a solid decade of music, you know. Totally. Well, you know, you were... 
you were a bear on the stairs also, for years. <laughs> we like, all say that about you. Sometimes like you're the bear and sometimes you're the stairs. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Sometimes the bears stare you. <laughs> <laughs> am no, I going upstairs I or am I going up bears? <laughs> what is? What would you say your bipolar is like? Well, it's like being a bear on a stairs. Wait a minute. There's Wait. a thing called a polar bear, and I'm bipolar. Am bipolar? I a bear? <laughs> Bipolar bear on the stairs. That's what. He, that's the fucking title. That's a good title. That's, that's a the, good fucking title. That's the real title of college dropout. Bipolar bear on the stairs. Sometimes, sometimes. Also, it's like this guy. It's it's so troubling because it's like he's problematic on so many levels. But like the fact that he's openly like, I don't take my meds and like deal with it is just like, right? No. <laughs> How about no? How about everybody does get to judge you? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to be so openly like cavalier about it, like you're, he's embracing it like it's some sort of artistic swing to be bipolar. And it's just like, yeah, dude, that's how it works. You're going crazy. Stop the, it. The only way that that would be okay would be if America were different. Like in the way that, mm-hmm. like we have definitely learned in quarantine not to get on a fucking uh, soapbox, but we've clearly learned in quarantine that we're all stupid, right? Like, people just cannot hear information and then retain it. <laughs> and I'm including myself in this partially, too. So, like, if we lived in a country... What are you talking about? If we lived in a country <laughs> where Kanye went off his meds and loved Trump, and then we all were like, oh, I see. <laughs> I see crazy people like mm. this crazy person. Then I would be like, yeah, fucking go for it, you goddamn lunatic. Please go off your meds publicly and then support Donald Trump. It would just finally get this motherfucker out of office. But instead, we live in a country where he goes off his meds. He loves Trump. And everyone's like, everyone who loves Trump is like, that's good. And we're like, no, mm-hmm. he's crazy. And they're like, no, he's not. And we're like, he says yeah. he's crazy. No, he doesn't. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Nah, yeah, nah. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We got SNL. It's a pretty right. good country. Totally. Uh, they play got, to the heartland. They understand it. Uh, uh, the Hess truck. You can still get the Hess truck if you want. <laughs> it's easy to be discouraged. <laughs> Do you remember the Hess truck? Did you have that where you grew up? Is that the dinosaur thing? Or? No, no. Okay, wow. So I like moved a bunch, and it wasn't everywhere, but it was in multiple places I lived. It was always around Christmas. Hess was a um, chain of gas stations, like you know BP or seventy six or whatever. And uh, so there's like a gas yeah, truck, yeah. and every year on Christmas, Hess would sell a toy that was a little toy gas truck. And the ad was the same song every year, and the ad said, um, uh, The Hess truck's back, and it's better than ever for Christmas this year. The Hess truck's here. Okay. And I uh, guess kids bought it, or their mom did, or something. And uh, yeah, it, well, it was an If ad. they love their children, <laughs> they yeah. bought it. Did you get one, Dave? Did you no. get one every year? No, my parents hate me. So oh my no. God. They yeah, would dude. buy one just to break it in front of me and say, never dream. Never <laughs> <My> parents- dream. 
That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, my parents hated me, so they got me stuff I wanted instead of a Hess truck. They got my, dad, my dad bought a Nintendo to play in front of me, mock me that uh, you know I'm not old enough to play it. Oh, anyway, yeah. yes, this is y'all ever. Hello, I'm Dave Ross. Hi, I'm Hampton Yunt. And you're listening to Y'all Ever. The stupidest <laughs> thing on the internet. Um, guys, if you want to see uh, Dave Ross's weird outfit, um, check Excuse out me. the... Yeah, no, no. Check out the YouTube <laughs> channel of Y'all Ever. Only because you're wearing a scarf thing and the way it sits on your shirt, when you have it folded down, it makes you look like Steve Jobs for some reason. Oh no! Yes, it looks because I'm wearing a black, a blank black T-shirt and a mm-hmm. mask that sits as a scarf around my neck that is made out of a blank black T-shirt. So yes, yeah. not only do I look like Steve Jobs, I look like <laughs> I kind of look like I'm I'm like uh, I look like, like you work as for the government, dude. Right, it's sort of an Antifa <laughs> thing. I'm pulling up my mask now. Yeah. You're either going to storm the Waco compound or be Antifa. It either also way, sort of looks like I'm trying to look sexy. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah? <laughs> is, that, is, that, um, is that when you it sex does. it up? You pull up a mask? Is that, I put uh, a little scarf on. I put a little scarf around my neck whenever I like, want to hey, look all sexed up. Whoa, where's this going? Hey, just one <laughs> second. Full, 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 full. Oh, no, no, no. Are you ready I see to saying. enter the Terror Dome? <laughs> Hello, my lovely. (laughs) No, I don't put a mask on when I want to be sexy. I put a little scarf with a bow in it around my neck when I want you to think I'm pretty. That's what I'm saying. That's that's acceptable. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) I think I think you're very pretty. (laughs) Thank you, Hampton. Yeah. Will you have sex? Will you have sex with me? No, but you're so pretty. Okay. And you should just know that you're not necessarily pretty on the outside, but your hmm. insides are so pretty. You have the prettiest oh. insides. You're just so, so pretty inside. So no on the scarf? Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where is this going? Um guys, uh we're doing some fun stuff this week. We uh, gave each other some homework to uh, talk about last episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dave, I fucking hate homework. I know. Me too. I didn't do it. Ugh. I didn't do it, dude. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really listen to this podcast, so <laughs> I didn't really get the assignment. But Yeah, uh, I don't even give a other. fuck, dude. Who cares, man? <laughs> we told each I'm other just- to check out some stuff, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's a thing we're going to try out doing. We're both such nerds, but in different ways. And we've just been talking about how, like, uh, I don't know, how fun it is to trade off um, our, like, knowledge on separate shit and share our tastes. So, um, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where we go with it. I think we're going to do it sometimes mm-hmm. uh, I think, right now. I think it's nice to just get a big canvas and yeah. see where it takes you, you know? Yeah, just gonna. It's gonna wind up probably being a bunch of dicks and probably you know Boba Fett listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers with his dick out. These are the yeah. kind of riffs that are gonna come out of me introducing Dave to stuff like Star Wars, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Cultural phenomenons that maybe he's missed out on. Yeah, up until one week ago, I lived in a little box and uh, <laughs> I wasn't allowed oh, yeah. out. 
And you didn't uh, get Star Wars in the little box, dude? No, there was no Star Wars in the little box. There was huh. only no effects. I could only listen to no effects and do stand-up. And those are the only two things I understood. And somehow I learned to hate Coheed and Cambria and Led Zeppelin in my little fucking box. But that one week ago... That is really funny. <laughs> in my little box, there were three things. Mm. Stand-up comedy, Led Zeppelin, mm. and Coheed and Cambria. And I only like one mm. of those things. <laughs> Sounds like one guy, Mitch Hedberg. Thank Rest you. in power. Thank you. Hell yeah, dude. See you I in w- hell. <laughs> I wish Kanye was dressed up as Mitch Hedberg sitting on the stairs. You know what I mean? Maybe then yeah. my hero would be alive. <laughs> so anyway, the homework that we gave each other was Hampton mm. uh, introduced me to Judge Dredd, and I introduced him to taking heroin intravenously. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, and so, yeah, we're going to talk about how those mm. are related and uh, the differences between the two and... You know, just uh, our feelings on them. Live from New York, it's heroin <laughs> in my veins. <laughs> it's, it's daytime, and this is the park. <laughs> hey, next up, Jimmy Fallon, and it's just me spreading my ass cheeks. Jimmy Fallon's here. <laughs> oh man, he sucks. Uh, it all sucks, huh? No, shut up. You're right. All right, next week I'm going to introduce you to Jimmy Fallon. Okay, that's so funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> really check him out. No, I, I love your metaphor of a box. I know you're making a joke, but I, one of my concerns was that maybe your musical interests, I dare say, might be a little focused in a kind of a specific kind of tone. Oh, yeah? What's yeah, the tone? You're much more into punk rock. You grew up with it. Yeah, I did grow up with it. Like, I, I, I have been into punk for a really long time, but also I'm like a pretty big music nerd. I uh, nowadays I listen to so much shit, and um, and that's why. So mine, it was actually Hampton suggested starting with Judge Dredd. It's like the oldest fucking action comic. Kind yeah, of. what were what were your thoughts on Judge Dredd? Well, let's. Why don't we get to that over the break? I, I just, okay. uh, his was Judge Dredd, and then mine was the Ramones. Yeah. Because I was trying to think of, like, what's the equivalent of the oldest thing, and that's, like, the Ramones, it's an argument over whether or not they were the first punk band, but they are, like, one of the seminal old punk bands that everybody knows that a lot of people just don't get into because you've heard it naturally by the yeah. nature of just being alive. Because they're uh, women. I mean, honestly, if we okay. can be honest, the, they changed it from the Ramonas to the Ramones. I know, which is and, bullshit. Uh, it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to just mm-hmm. suggest uh, punk music to you every week. I think not only would that be unfair, it would be boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, that's all I was asking, man. Dave, don't fucking bore me. It's I, also um, not going to be only music. Like, I have a lot of interests mm-hmm. that... You know what the problem for me is, dude, is that like and one of the reasons I like this idea for something for us to do together, I have a ton of things I'm interested in. But by nature of how long I've been depressed, had no self-worth and didn't believe in myself, I never really thought I had interest because I thought whenever I would get interested in something, I would be like, yeah, but that sucks. (laughs) Hmm. I really would. (laughs) Yeah, if I like it, it's probably fucking shitty. (laughs) Totally. It took me until like literally Mm. in my 30s to realize that I am a massive dystopian sci-fi fan. Huge. Mm. And I also love uh, RPGs and platformers. Like I could fucking 
and I've oh, and I've honestly game. played uh, so yeah. many of those games, and I just mm. never talked about it because I just it didn't occur to me that it was even a taste of mine because I was so sad <laughs> about myself. <laughs> but it and turns could, out there's there's a wide world of Dave. You're damn right, man. You know what else? I uh, own multiple pairs of swim trunks. You know. <laughs> And so, okay, and so, I see where this is going. You can come over and swim, dude. I mean, it's okay. I, I saw, man, was this whole podcast just a lead up to ask to come over to swim? Years of our friendship. Was this all a lead on? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't want to put you in a, a box of, yeah, what I, I mean, that is definitely what I maybe definitely wanted to avoid. You know, for sure. Is Dude, it like, won't happen. And, like, I don't want to just suggest to you superhero comics for sure. And, like, you know, Judge Dredd isn't totally a superhero, but he's, it's really, like, uh, up that up that aisle, you know, of, like, action and uh, all that sort of stuff, you know. I love it as a pick. I really do. Because it's, like, I don't know, man. I'm really excited about this because, like... I feel like naturally what we'll do is we'll talk about this and then it'll turn into like you have another idea for a thing you want me to read and then we can just be honest with each other. And so then if a month goes by and you have like suggested a progression of action comics and I've suggested a progression of punk bands, then we should be like, let's left turn a little bit and talk about something else that we're each interested in. <laughs> you know, Garfield and Bob Marley. <laughs> let's do the fucking chip. For- First of all, I love uh, both Garfield and Bob Marley. <laughs> Dude, here's, Dude, there's another thing I'm a big nerd for that I never realized. You know what I used to watch religiously is the fucking um, Garfield tv show yeah yeah and uh the farm friends or whatever they had like u.s uh, acres dude it was US called acres U- yeah That's the little egg the talking egg with mm-hmm. the and the talking chicken and the talking pig dude it, i fucking love a, that shit yeah it was so odd that like it did i guess jim davis took another swing you know like he'd already yeah. made garfield and he's like um Let's make my like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes, like, it's a whole farm, and uh, there's multiple characters. Yes. Garfield's like a very much a running just joke. This cat's always like, John, why don't you kill yourself? Or like <laughs> whatever, whatever he says. John, shut up and kill yourself and feed me. Man, they uh, should reboot. He yeah. should reboot Garfield, but replace John with Kanye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kanye, you should okay. take your pills. It's Monday. And I fucking hate Monday because you don't take your goddamn pills, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was obsessed with um goddamn US Acres, that show. Uh it's funny, I think there's a whole thing about like the voice actor who like did Bill Murray a bunch of times, like did the voice of Garfield. Really? In the, uh, in the cartoon, and then Bill Murray did the voice of Garfield in the live action thing. And it's like kind of this weird connection. Huh. I'm saying there's something deeper going on for sure. That you're saying that Bill Murray is a cat? <laughs> Wait, what's the connection? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, there really is such a, like, a small connection. It's like I think I read this on some like uh, list of dumb facts about Garfield. That it was I'm a fan. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's one of those things that I am definitely a fan of, but that also 
I see all of the problems with. Like, it's just so... Oh, it's all... problematic as, as hell. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, Garfield is so obviously yeah, racist. He's um, obviously... Uh, he loves Italian food. Why? Because he's a fucking dumb Italian. <laughs> See, it's racist. It's racist to enjoy Garfield because you're saying, hey, look how dumb Italians are. They're like cats. Can I say, by the way, one of my favorite things about the Judge Dredd comics you sent me was one of them was, was about Judge Dredd fighting King Kong, but they... I guess couldn't get the um, IP, so they called it King Krong. And yeah. in that same uh, issue, for some reason, there's just like an Italian lady, and it's super racist against Italians. Yeah, I remember that. It's so <laughs> it's weird. Hard. It's such a great scene. <laughs> it's like he, wait, he tell, yeah, he tells women to shut up all the time. <laughs> oh, well, he's well, a murderer. Yeah, we'll he's get a, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. into it. I think there's a lot here. Let's take a quick break. And Let's uh, do we'll that. Come, we'll come in hard on the Ramones and Judge Dredd. Well, Dave, I got some other suggestions for you. Uh, okay. Judge, Judge Judy. Huh. Judge, J- Judge Joe Brown. Wow. That's, Judge. Judges, yeah. Judge Mills Lane, I get it. Let's do. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep listing. Um, uh, um, Brett Judge Kavanaugh. Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea Handler, the judge. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah the last comic standing judges. Um, judge Nelson. Um, ju- judge name, Reinhold. Right? Judge Reinhold. Judge yeah. Reinhold. Yeah. Judge Hirsch. <laughs> Dude, Judge Reinhold mm-hmm. in the Judge Dredd movie. Instead oh, of Stallone. Damn, dude. I am the law. <laughs> I up. am the law. <laughs> I'm the law. I'm the law, darn it. And I'm going to get some respect around here. <laughs> Rob Schneider beats him up. Yeah. Rob Schneider totally. fucking kicks his fucking ass. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Rob Schneider plays a human fist somehow in the movie. Um, yeah. Rob Schneider this summer. <laughs> Rob Schneider is the fist. Um, from butts to faces, he's everywhere. <laughs> like fisting. All right. Okay, good. Okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. Great, 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 great. Um, dude, I, uh, I really... I really like Judge Dredd a lot. Like, um, Yeah, let's get in. It's funny, I... It's weird. I I never really got into comics. I got into like funny comics, mm-hmm. and like I was telling you last week, for whatever reason, I liked Asterix a lot, and I wonder yeah, why. Yeah. I lived in Italy uh-huh. from when I was three till when I was six. My dad was stationed there on a pizza uh, on a pizza. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My dad. <laughs> My dad has to go to Italy to be stationed on a pizza. (laughs) The whole family's got to (laughs) go. Wait, did he have to go to the Leaning Tower of Pisa to, like, uh, put it back upright? Uh, Or to stick his dick out and make it kind of look like the tower? And he's like, family, come with me. I am being deployed. (laughs) This is... Listen, you. Li- I, I just don't like it that you rub it in my face that you're multicultural and that you've bit, you've traveled. 
<laughs> so, I mean, you know, we do a lot of riffing on dumb shit on this show, but I like said three syllables. And then my dad's living on a pizza and all this other shit. Um, I love that idea. Yeah, we lived in Italy because one of the branches of the military is uh, is the pasta marines. He's uh, he's just uh, he's just a pasta boy. He was in the navy yeah, and then he reached yeah. the rank of pasta man. And uh, then they send you to Italy to live on a pizza. Seal yeah. Team Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, on, I'm in Seal Team Spaghetti. We get deployed and c- carb load the enemy till they tap out. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with this. Yeah, Listen, totally. I love it. Your dad's there. <laughs> I, I grew up also with Asterix Comics because my family traveled and Tintin. Uh, that was my introduction to comics, also. Oh, your 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 family traveled too. I see. Yeah, huh. but I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna give locations like an idiot. I'm not gonna. Oh yeah. Tell, yeah. No. <laughs> where Where'd you travel? Come on. The Arctic. Where Where from Arlington <laughs> to Falls Church. Yeah, I know a lot about uh, suburbs of Washington D.C. No. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, so did you go to Richmond, and then you lived in Gettysburg at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the world. I traveled the world. I saw all of the Virginia battlefields, dude. That's all you need to know. I th- I'm glad I saw all of the statues before they're gone. I saw all of them. And wow, there are, there are thousands. <laughs> What's so fucked up is that's a real guy. There's someone somewhere that's Mm. like, I didn't even get to see that fucking statue before they took it down. (laughs) I'm the type of guy that's already like called, you know, protesters to tear down like mannequins at like Forever 21 and like H&M. Just be like, tear down those statues. Keep going. All of them. That's actually why I don't shop at Uniqlo because all the mannequins are shaped like Robert E. Lee. I fucking... I fucking hate that place, dude. I fucking God, this sucks, man. It's such such a good store, but it's so yeah. It's just they're defiant about this one thing. Forever Twenty One's men's section. It's so small. I don't see why the mannequins have to be Joseph Mengele. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. So yes, when I lived in Italy, when I was four years old, uh, we lived on a pizza. We lived in Pizza Italy. That was the name mm-hmm. of the town. The streets were made of cheese, Silky and spaghetti. every building was a pepperoni. And everybody knows Mama that. Mozzarella. Mama Mozzarella was my mom's name. You have to change yeah. your name to that when you move there. Mama yeah. Mozzarella. Mama Mozzarella uh, and Papa Pizza. Papa I had pizza. a godfather. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. His name was Papa Pizza, and uh, he murdered uh, a lot of people. Yeah, it just feels good to attack a type of people. Yeah, in this <laughs> day and age. Yeah, Italians. It's just, it's just fun to just roll up your sleeves and really just fucking shit on a group. <laughs> <laughs> Roll up your sleeves like you're making a pizza pie. Yeah, just really lean into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? Fucking racism. Now that's a spicy meat of ball. You know what I mean? Ugh. And uh, <laughs> damn, I was trying to make Hampton spit take. Totally works. <laughs> Dude, I'm tra- I've trained myself to not do it. Good. Um, no, yeah, we lived in Italy and I, th- yeah. Were you living in Europe? I guess you don't have to tell me where, but like No, we travel like um because <laughs> my dad's work is like um like doing trade shows across, you know, right. uh, Europe and America. And uh yeah, so we just would be there for like a month maybe at a time. Wait, is your dad the guy from the founder? <laughs> is that your dad? 
<laughs> yeah. Wow. He's, I mean, he loves McDonald's, man. He wants to bring it to Europe. He's the first guy that was like, you know, this food sucks. You guys need McDonald's. <laughs> By the way, did you see, I, Do you follow Jesus Trejo? Do you know Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love I Jesus. I yeah. He's like a... Uh, uh, I don't see him much anymore, but he's like a good buddy, and I love his comedy so much. We did JFL together, and mm-hmm. uh, so I've always, you know, he just, if you don't know who he is and you're listening, Jesus Trejo is his name. He has a new special on Showtime. He's Whoa, fucking incredible. Danny um, Trejo did JFL? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus is opening for Burt Kreischer on his, like, uh, drive-in theater tour right now. Okay. With, with a couple of yes, uh, yeah, 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 yes, 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 uh, and uh, but the fucking best thing happened on his Instagram. One day after a Burt Kreischer show, they got a bunch of free McDonald's, and they showed a video. They like he posted videos of just him like filming this table with piles of cheeseburgers and fries on it, and then being like, look at all this free McDonald's. And then the very next day, Dave Williamson, who's also on tour with them, just posted all these videos of Jesus puking fucking everywhere. Dude. Oh, my it God. so perfect, oh, dude. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's like the Shake Shack with the cops thing. Do you, right. They're like, they're poisoning Burt Kreischer. <laughs> they're just yeah. like, we don't like his stand-up. It's just a taste thing. It's like, he sucks, so... Treat him like a cop. McDonald's doesn't like nudity, and they've always been pretty fucking open about that. <laughs> Burt Kreischer and Tig really uh, changed the whole topless yes. topless comedy game. I've always said that Tig Notaro and Burt Kreischer are the same person. Just the yes. exact same yes. the, same jokes. No, but also physically, structurally, uh, Tig is like a leaf, uh, and he's like a pound of ham. <laughs> and then, so like, t- together... Mm-hmm. They kind of make a normal human being yes. of uh, structurally. I'm not saying uh, values wise, just merely uh, uh, nutritionally. Yeah, right. If Bert were to lose a leg, Tig could be his leg. I think is what you're saying. <laughs> he's he's topless, and then his leg also is a little topless. <laughs> Kill me! <laughs> Kill me! <laughs> That's the comedy I fucking want to see. Human Centipede was the fucking laugh out loud comedy of the year. <laughs> Did Tyler Perry make Human Centipede? Because that shit was good. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. This summer, <laughs> the newest movie from Tyler Perry, Medea is trapped in a basement. Uh, <laughs> well, so I want to know very specifically. Mm, yes. Your thoughts, though, on Judge Dredd. Okay, so what I loved about it was, uh, like I was saying before, I'm such a sucker for dystopian sci-fi to a degree that, like, I'll basically watch any dystopian movie um, unless it's uh, it has shitty production value. I can't handle bad yeah, production value in those sci-fi. Are pretty good, though. Dude, you know See, who runs those nonstop is Sci-Fi Channel. Totally. Sci-Fi Channel just runs bad dystopian Billy Zane like future things that are like just nonsense. You know, it's like they saw Mad Max and then they're like, oh, we can just put on like a hockey mask. And I'm like, uh, I'm in the future. Totally. (laughs) Well, they also have like um, they have this formula for for movie that they crank out, which is like it's like 
Noun, one noun plus another noun equals movie. And so it's like shark building or whatever. It's like, what yeah. if a shark were a building also? Well, that's that's uh, another trash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, in a lot of ways, enjoy those more because those at least, I think after a while, like very quick, the Sharknado people realize that this is, I think it was intentionally a joke. You know what I'm saying? And I can at least for respect sure. that it's a... It's a shitty, not even that funny joke, but it's more infuriating to make a almost Mad Max movie. Right. That's just like, you know, no, I've never heard of Mad Max. Like this is <laughs> right. this is equally a good movie. Like we had ideas too. I also totally. was like, what if gasoline wasn't around? <laughs> I also thought of that. <laughs> and that's the name of the movie? Yeah. That's so funny. Gasoline. This Sunday, what if gasoline wasn't around? Um, damn, that's great. Mm. Well, here's the other the, the problem, though, and I'm glad that you and I agree on that. Because, like, one of the reasons I never characterize myself uh, to people as, a, like, a sci-fi nerd, which I definitely am, mm. is that, like, a lot of sci-fi nerds don't care are such fans of the idea of sci-fi that they don't care about production value and like so many like i i yeah, dislike yeah. bad production value so much that i don't really like firefly and a lot of uh that's like the pinnacle for a lot of sci-fi fans you know and so it's hard yeah. for me to talk about dystopia with people who like are listing all those things that i i won't even fuck around yeah, with if it, if it doesn't all. feel right like yeah. a lot of times, especially when you're going with sci-fi, you're taking a real wild stab at what you think the future is going to be. Yes. And it's always amazing when you get it right. But then there's a ton that don't get it right. Right. Like, there's a, I mean, the biggest example is like, I think like popular science or whatever, like uh, any sort of like magazine that was dedicated to like popular, you know, scientific notions in the 1950s. They're like, how will the world be different in the year 2000? And they're like, right. well, we'll all have atomic stoves. <laughs> and, it's like, and it's like everything was just atomic, but the same thing we had now. They're like, right. an atomic dog. <laughs> I think right. that's a song. Yeah, an atomic television. A robot slave. It's just like, it's like, oh, right. so still like, uh, well, still problems. It, what's, yeah, what's funny is that I'm really into that type of shit too or whatever possible imagining of the future that you come up with if you like mm. build the world out in a full way and so i think that like where i differ with those fans of sci-fi who like that campy shit is that i'm i'm like most interested in the building of the world more so than story so like Hmm. I loved that movie Elysium, for example, the one with Matt Damon, and that movie yeah. sucks. Like the story's bad. It's it's like a, yeah. a story the as old as time, but the way they built the world out was really interesting, and the tech yeah. in it was really cool. So mm. anyway, um, first of all, I'm surprised. I've never seen the new Dread movie, the newest one. And oh I, shit! Really? I, I'm sure I would love it. Yeah. Well, it's like I mean, if you've seen the Raid Redemption, oh, is it like that? Well, the Raid Redemption, yeah, it's like, is a such a, like, incredible movie that yeah. did, like, a very special thing of, like, let's uh, do this almost like a video game where they're clearing the floors of this building. And that's the, that's the idea behind Dread. It's the exact uh. idea. The difference is, is it really doesn't have the action to back that up. The action's oh, really? a little boring. And it works if you wore the 3D glasses and you okay. saw it in a the theater when it came out. It was like, fucking, yeah, like, right. he blew his head off. But it's like, 
it's there's no rewatchability and i would say like i've seen the raid redemption like fucking five times but i've you know i can't rewatch dread it's just boring oh wow okay yeah. i'm still I'll, i'm gonna watch it and i'll i'll like see how i feel about it because i yeah. also loved the raid the raid is like one of the best um fighting movies of all time it's like one of the best like yeah, it's one of the best executed and it's just like it's it's like an achievement of direction you know so it's right. like you can't really just replicate the idea and be like oh another cop will go up these series of floors and stuff like that and it's just like guys come on you know but i appreciated the effort that they were like this is tonally a little bit closer to what judge dread is like in the comics where he's basically like a complete fascist that's the <laughs> right. idea like uh i looked into it a little bit uh, and the original artist for judge dread who's making all these like like you saw uh in the comics i sent you like judge dread's very thin and it it definitely evolved over time to make him this like much more like gruff looking character it's like he's kind of goofy looking almost in the beginning but the idea was that the artist uh, originally came from like Spain and he grew up in Franco, Spain, which was like a dictatorship um, that my father also like grew up in. But um, oh, really? my, my father was living on a military base, so it's not at all the same thing. But like it was, you know, he grew up in this fascist country where uh, the police are complete fucking nightmares, like execute people on the street if they want to, like, and then he moved to um, England right around the time of like punk rock, basically. Hmm. And so there's tons of like, civil unrest and riots going on in England at the time. And he's also seeing the cops dealing with like young people in England. And right. so his entire thing with Judge Dredd, where they, they kind of came up with this concept of like, he's a cop character. It's a joke. They're like, well, he's like uh, the ultra fascist, you know, like he's a he he's a hero, but he's um, he's just a cop who's like nice try punk. Like he's just right. And like they go over the top where even in the design, he was saying like it's very asymmetrical. Like it's not like how a hero's outfit should look. It's like there's literally a giant eagle on one of his shoulders there's like a badge that's just gigantic and yeah. it's like all of his features and his helmet is very much like don't know my identity like i'm a, a stormtrooper you know for the state right <laughs> and it's all i mean like every part of it is all just reinforcing these notions of fascism and it's weird because england really doesn't have a ton of comic book characters that it's known for and judge dread is like easily in like the top three of like iconic known things and the entire statement behind it is like look how bad the police are <laughs> Right, and like here's this goofy joke version of like an insanely fascist cop. Man, that makes me realize that like I really did enjoy it, and all I did was I I read a bunch of what you sent me in order, and he sent me like uh, a compilation of the first yeah. Judge Dredd comics, and so I just started at the very beginning, and I read the first, you know, however many, and. Uh, and I liked it right away. I mean, there are things I dislike about it, which I would love to get into making fun of because the yeah. writing is so bad. Like, it's so oh, terribly. It's, 
Yeah. The dialogue is literally, dude, it's <laughs> it, it's just like, there is a criminal there. We should put him in jail. And then another character says, yes, because jail is where criminals go. Yeah, and, uh, and then like the next panel is like, he is in jail now. It is a crime that has been punished. Like, and it's like yeah. the, the flow of the beats of things are like... Awful. It's basically constructed to be... It's was usually run in like this uh, giant magazine that ran a bunch of little stories. I saw that. 2000 AD is what it was called. Right? Yeah. 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 So that was kind of the idea is keep it very short. Well, it's also the very uh, beginning yeah. of a thing. So so they probably like you can tell I have this problem when I'm writing things like if you write a pilot for a TV show, you mm. have like. You have to explain in a very brief amount of time all of the concepts and characters within the show while also telling a story. Like it's definitely very hard to do, but mm-hmm. but still, you could. It should be way better than this. Like literally, this is this is one of the lines. Look, a judge. He's coming to arrest us. It's like I did not need to read that. Dude, uh, the, the <laughs> first one is uh, so funny where he like literally. Is like there's some punks in a building. I'll distra- <laughs> I'll distract them, and so he has his motorcycle like go by the front of the building, and then they're like, "Oh, look! It, there's his motorcycle!" And then he stands behind them, and he's like, "Ha ha! I'm not on my motorcycle. I'm actually behind you." They're like, right. they're like, you know, can it? It's dread, and it's just like, what was the point of that diversion at, at all. all? To then announce yourself, ha ha, yeah. idiots! I'm not over there. I'm over here. Well, that's a good point. He didn't <laughs> use his element of surprise. He just not did it to like make he them just... look at his motorcycle for a second. No, I think um, they either take the first shot at him after he reveals himself, and then oh he just, God, then he just murders them. You know. Or and then um, he drops them off one at a penal colony or something for like life. <laughs> but that said, like the dialogue being bad, I I really to what you just said, like I I'm really impressed with. This was made in the fucking seventies, right? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. first one, yeah. Um, back when dystopia wasn't like ubiquitous, people weren't constantly making it. They built this world that is like fucked up and dark and fascist and filled with crime and poverty. And Mm -hmm. uh, like one of the places that, um, that you can get sent if you're a criminal (laughs) is just like a part of this mega city, which covers the entire East coast of America from Maine all the way down to Florida, (laughs) which is so crazy. Um, But it's just a place where trucks that are driven by robots go 250 miles per hour and never stop. And they just leave you there to like get hit by a truck. That's like a, and I, I was like, wow, that's really crazy. That's a very <laughs> impressive story. Uh, yeah. Point. I really yeah. like the way that they build this massive mega city and the way that uh, people interact, even though the specific interpersonal reactions are like, a very simple <laughs> painted character being like, yeah. I am the law. And then another character being like, I steal because I'm, I don't follow the law. Like, yeah. sh- I would rather them just not talk. <laughs> <laughs> it could, it could honestly play out a little bit like a silent comic if you really wanted, because the character relations are so minimal. Someone pointed out to me, cause I was just like, you know, the reason I suggested it and I wanted to get I don't know why we were talking about that subject of, say, dystopian futures. But like, um, you know, I acknowledge it's a very dumb 
comic but i also appreciate sometimes just for a historical perspective be like check out what people were doing you know in the 1970s totally and with this i mean it's really like um kind of hand in hand with punk where it's like there was just a sudden desire for this kind of stuff i mean yeah. there's definitely like philip k dick stuff and dystopian future notions before but like this is like a time literally where it's so popular that I think one of the taglines inside of this first issue in like Judge Dredd is like matter than Max, dirtier than Harry. You know, like they're really like, get it. It's fine. Like this is your, this (laughs) is your tone. Right. Yeah. Man, it's interesting you say that about punk. I do think that they're related. I do think that them both showing up at the beginning of the seventies are related. I, I literally, it wasn't good, but when I was in college, I wrote a paper about, how um, punk came into prominence in the UK because of World War II. And, like, you know, I think my Mm. logic that I found back then wasn't completely solid because I wasn't trying hard enough. (laughs) But, uh, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't really want to source my high school and college Exactly. I I think I literally wrote something about music also tying it into, like, geopolitical, you know. But I do think that it's accurate in the sense that, mm-hmm. like, both of these things showing up at the beginning of the '70s, what they have in common in, what they have in common is they both highlight the dirtier, grimier, fucked up, wrong side of the world. And yeah. what happened after World War II was, in America especially, we we had this attitude, and we had this attitude that like. We need to come together. This can be a beautiful place. But I think it was the case overseas, too. We eradicated the Nazis. The Nazis have been defeated. And so the story that we were all telling ourselves was now evil has died. And so in America, we had this culture of us all being the ones that saved the world from the Nazis. And the world, we did help in a big way. And so the world let us tell that story for a minute. And that story is like, we're heroes, we're incredible, we're the saviors of the world, and so we're titans of industry now, and we have the love and respect of everyone. And then also the rest of the world eradicated the Nazis too. And so we were like, good, great. And then a little bit of time went went on, and it became clear that we hadn't solved all the problems, and that this was just a story that we were telling ourselves. And so the children of, uh, like, the baby boomers... Uh, and other people born yeah. uh, early enough to be in their 20s and 30s in the 70s mm-hmm. were like, this is a lie. This fucking perfect world that we're being told exists now that yeah. fa- fascism is gone is a lie and fascism is fucking real. And in the UK, I think it was especially bad because yeah. the f- it was fucking destroyed by World War II. So much of Europe was. And then they're being told that things are fine now. And so the kids that were fucking teenagers then are like, it's not fucking fine now. I, my fucking live in poverty. My parents yeah. don't have jobs. My yeah. city is still in shambles and you're telling me that everything's okay. Yeah. Fuck that. And so punk music came up and they started painting worlds like, that were dystopian and stuff. Yeah, it's like all of the social structures were failing so much in the 70s. And right. I mean, like literally like the Bronx fucking burned down and shit. And it's like... You know, so in New York, that's about the same time that they invented, like, hip-hop and fucking punk. It's like the minute the Bronx is, like, on fire and shit because 
when all of the social structures are failing, that it's less about that these artists are creating grimy, dirty stuff because grimy, dirty stuff always exists. It's about the audience suddenly coming to this stuff oh, and sure, going, yeah. you are expressing perfectly what is right. going on and what I feel. And right. there's a, and and that really scares the people who are in power because they have a real hard time dealing with art. Like right. the CIA and shit, they really get mystified like when cultural trends happen or like there's a view that is brought on by art that suddenly changes like the view of the modern family or like, you know, like art does make an impact. And it's and it's something that like, um, you know, a totalitarian state just really doesn't understand other than to use as propaganda. Yeah, wow, that's fucking very well said, man. And I think that's true. I <laughs> well, think I just it's read also this, like uh, really interesting thing about how the CIA put a ton of money into like counterculture art to like try and influence it, and it's just it's just funny, like wow, just so misguided, you know. <laughs> I've heard that before. Is that what the fuck, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but who knows how effective it was? But it just shows how they're like scared by like counterculture art. Right. Like we got to get it. We got to get in on this and figure out what they're saying, you know? Well, on that note, what did you think of the Ramones? I sent the, just uh, so you know what the source material is, uh, the two, I sent Hampton two albums, the Ramones first album, which is self-titled. It's called the Ramones. It came out in 1976. And then their live album, we're out of here, which came out in 1996 and was their last ever, it was a recording of their last ever live show together, all of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. It did yeah. kind of have that vibe. And when they played that last couple songs, I was like, I wonder like, if that's like always their show ender. But um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, well, it, it had like a vibe of definitely like an ending the show kind of song. Um, right. It's like a sing along, I think. <laughs> Right. Uh, totally. On that live one. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, I was on the fence before, but now I can really say I hate the Ramones. Really? <laughs> is that true? Yeah, I hate them, dude. You don't like it at this all. This is awful. No way. <laughs> That's terrible. crazy. It's terrible. So yeah. So that is they so quit. fucking they funny. Quit, they, they should quit, dude. They should quit. They should quit. They should, dude. You're right. They should fucking quit. I don't get it. Is I that don't get it. I mean, I have very simple thoughts. I get why yeah. you probably like it. I will say the live album I liked a lot better because I like live albums. But okay. um, man, it's it's like I could just go on. I don't want to like ramble and shit on. But you should. Uh, what are, what don't you like. like about it? Okay, number one, I just don't like the feeling of the Ramones. I, oh I don't, really? No, I hate it. <laughs> I think it's super. I like literally love the Misfits, and I think the Ramones are childish and stupid. <laughs> Wow, they're so similar. That's crazy. What's no, not at all, not at all. I mean, because I... okay. Well, what, what? No, I would love. I to mean, know. I think they're very similar, but yeah. What are what are you saying? Yeah. Well, I, how how do you feel like they're similar? They're both like rock, fast rock music inspired by doo wop. Okay, that's very true. Yeah. That is true. And that's why I really was, when I was listening to it, I was like, sad. I was like, I'm sad I don't like this, you Funny. know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely know the hits. I mean, they're definitely like, 
everyone knows them. But like, um, I think the reason I went to the Misfits is I was like, they're doing that doo wop sound, right? But uh, the Misfits like slam dunked it to me. They're like, funny. They're like the best. And I mean, so like, really, when I talk about attitude, it's like, I know this is very simplistic, but what I really don't like about the Ramones is their songs are just like. Rock and roll, baby. We're gonna <laughs> rock and roll. Everybody goes to the rock and roll concert. You've got a rock and roll. I've got a rock and roll. Baby, Funny, there's a yeah. rock. They sure. won't let us rock and roll. No more rock and. And it's just like I hate, literally hate songs that reference rock and roll and talk <laughs> about it. Like it's like Kiss. It's like when Kiss is most of their songs are like tonight we're gonna rock it. Lots of rocking happening. It's gonna be later. Then we're gonna wow. be rocking. And it's like. The Misfits talks about murder and the devil. And mm-hmm. I like the devil. I like songs that are about, I want your skull. They There's a message that's like funny. It's like irreverent. And I just, it's just really not like the Ramones are bad musicians. I would say that the songs are very simplistic. Like the things that grabbed me were when they like sang Spider-Man. You know, Funny. I was like, I'm like, cool. You know, they have fun. That's the, if I was there, I'd be like laughing. Yeah. But, yeah. But I'm like, this also sucks. It doesn't sound very good. Wow. Like, that's so crazy, dude. <laughs> and look, like, by the way, talk all the shit you want. I never <laughs> fucking take somebody's <laughs> taste personally. I really like the Ramones, but also, man, I'm a huge fan of punk music. And this happened for me later in life. I used to think the exact same thing. I, it feel it does feel <laughs> it feels like a big suit, especially yeah. like the er, their earlier shit. And that's why I sent you the live album, too, because I didn't understand the Ramones until I heard the live records, because if you've heard any punk rock at all made after the Ramones and then you listen to their first three records, you're like, this is like boring. It's like (laughs) totally. But now I don't know. It's funny because I go back now that I've like fallen in love with them and I go back, I like see how much rock music came from them. And it's funny, the comparison between the Misfits and them is really interesting to me because, like, I think that there's a lot to be learned for people who are artists and performers from what you just said. Because I agree with you, at a basic level, there's more edge to the Misfits because of the sound of each of them and the words they're saying. But also, a lot of the Ramon songs are about real things that are happening to them. And a <laughs> lot of... They really went to a rock and roll high school. That really happened. <laughs> okay, fine. But, but like, a lot of... I mean, that's, ah, that sucks, because that's a bad example. But, like, a lot of Misfits song, Like, okay, fine. Uh, Beat on the Brat is about beating the shit out of somebody. You know? I, now I like I, that a little bit, yeah. N- now I want to... <laughs> I'm just trying to make a point. Uh, now I want to sniff some glue like they fucking sniff glue. 53rd and 3rd is about, I think it was Dee Dee. Right. Was, uh, well, hold on. 53rd uh, okay. and 3rd, Dee Dee was a prostitute who stood on the corner of 53rd and 3rd and prostituted himself. Whereas, like, mm. most Misfits songs at the beginning were literally just about movies they saw. That is and, true. Uh, that so, is like, true. so that's the point I'm making is, like, sure, it does sound cornier. But the presentation that the Misfits chose was uh, felt edgier to people who saw it. And so it's just really interesting that these the, the Ramones, these people who like 
lived on the street and prostituted yeah. themselves and got their fucking ass beat and did drugs and sang songs about it. That yeah. didn't translate to you as edgy. But what did translate to you as edgy is them literally singing about the devil. I just find that interesting. Well, yeah, I'd say with the lyricism with the Ramones, it's a little harder to maybe make out what they're saying. I sure. know that's kind of stupid, but like... Um, no, that's what it is. Uh there is a little bit more of an, an enunciation going on with Danzig. <laughs> um, but um, I don't know. Like also like the message, what I kind of started thinking about, I was like, this is kind of actually really weird that they're singing about this like rock and roll kind of stuff. Cause like, um, <laughs> it's no, really- no, no, come on. You got to give it up. They no, I don't. Have- I actually don't. You're focusing on a, it's funny. Like that part of them does suck. But that didn't mm-hmm. that doesn't exist on the album I sent you either, really. I mean, I guess like Judy is a both. Sure, but Judy is a punk is sort of like that. Uh, other than that, though, their first record doesn't really have much of that. It, it's it's really the the live album because and that was part oh, of it too. Funny. I was also like, man, this thing has like fifty tracks. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> they're like they did right. like their catalog. So it's I don't know. Um, Blitzkrieg Bop. Do you remember Rock and Roll Radio? Rock and Roll High School. Dude, Rock and Roll High School is so lame. Rock I'm with you on Beach. that. Uh, Sheena is a punk rocker. Yeah. Do you want to dance? I know what you're talking about. Chine- I, I'm not Chinese rock. No. Yeah. I, I, and you're right. And I mean, I really did enjoy Beat on the Brat. Like I thought that was. I was. I really was like, oh, that's actually kind of a funny, funny song. Um. But uh, I don't know. Like, so I was thinking about what they're trying to do with that vibe, and it's like it feels like I, I'm a I really like Buddy Holly and mm-hmm. and the Crickets, and like I feel like they really mastered kind of like creating a really intricate loud sound that does early punk rock like beats. It's you know uh, way in like the fifties, and right. so I'm seeing like a distortion version of it with the Ramones, but it doesn't totally. seem like mu- musically, like they were really doing that much in- innovative stuff. I really can't tell, at least with the sex pistols. I'm like, that is some unique guitar playing and like structure that is like oh, funny, really unusual. But like the Ramones, it's all like, I like pizza. Pizza's gonna fart. I I saw a cop. That's my friend. It's like, and you're like, no, he really saw a cop, and that was really his friend. And it's like, yeah, I bet, I buy it. I believe you. He sniffed glue. Man, damn, I knew it was gonna be too hard. I was like, this sucks because no, dude, I don't care. But to be fair, this is like. Judge Dredd sucks, and I'm also like not sitting here and being like, "This is a good thing," and uh, I, you like know, I said, I don't take it personally. Yeah. I uh, I just find it really interesting, and like, yeah, it's it's funny to hear your perspective. I think it's, I think that a lot of people feel that way about the Ramones, and like I said, I used to, and I don't really know what changed. I guess I was just a fan of of punk music long enough where one day I was like, you know what it really, dude, actually, you know what it was? I saw one of my favorite shows I've ever been to. I like lucked out and Chris Thayer invited me to this show in San Francisco. And we ended up doing shows up there together. It was years ago uh, where like all of these bands reunited that I love that I had never gotten to see just for one night in SF. And they were, 
The first one was Moon Hearts, which is Michael Cronin's old band. If, if you listen to mm. Michael Cronin, he makes records now. And then Traditional Fools, which is uh, Ty Siegel's old band. And then The Coach Whips, which is The O.C.'s old band. And uh, Traditional Fools did a cover of Judy is a Punk. And I literally remember thinking the Ramones sucked until they played that song. And, uh, and then yeah. I guess that changed. And so it's like, you know, taste. Yeah. There's no accounting for taste, really. It changes. But I do... I think it's really fun to talk about because because they are undeniably part of forming a lot of other shit yeah. that we like. Yeah. One of sure. my favorite things that you said is like making fun of them for fucking being like rock, rock, rock and roll, which I hate that shit too, is Blitzkrieg Bop. Because Blitzkrieg Bop, I'm pretty sure, is about rioting and fighting cops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but it literally, like, it, it's like bopped, you know, so like yeah. everyone's like, oh, it's a dance song. Right. Oh, it's like and a I, punk dance song. I just imagine that, like, I, they have that. They have Cretan Hop. They did a bunch of stupid bullshit like that. They kept doing the same thing. Give me, give me shock goes treatment. Everybody the dance. Yeah, it's yeah, like, totally. I mean, they're all kind of like, let's go to the dance and get kicked by a cop. And, right. um I just don't I, think I don't that anyone it. else did that. Mm-hmm. And then, like... No, that's true. And now it's lame to us. No, you probably wouldn't have the Misfits without the Ramones. I mean, like, I did, looked I at it chronologi- chronologically, and I think the Misfits, there's, like, a good three, four-year difference of, you know? And it's like, there's no way that they didn't religiously watch the Ramones. <laughs> it's like they both came up in the same area. The Misfits also got darker and realer as they went along, and it seems like the Ramones yeah. got oh, cheesier they as they went along. Yeah. I mean, like... It was like three or four albums in where they wrote that song, Bullet. Do you know that song by, by the Misfits? That song's no. insane. It's just about how <laughs> after JFK gets, got shot, the only way that Jackie Kennedy is going to survive is by sucking and fucking. That's what the, the song's about. <laughs> it's insane. Dude, they it, called it. <laughs> they called it, dude. Like She completely went like to back to the streets. She went. She was back to on the streets in like 24 hours after her husband was dead and just like, please. <laughs> she was. Anything. Yeah, everybody knows that about her. Uh, well, fuck, dude. I, I hope I, uh, I don't know. I feel like no, maybe I, I came off mad or something. I wasn't mad. No, I, I kind of knew this would be hard to... Right off at the top, us mm-hmm. trying to do this as a format that I'm like <laughs> yeah. immediately like don't like it, <laughs> but it's good though. You know? That's fucking. I'm sure so many people listening are like, thank you, <laughs> because that's another thing, dude. When something's that popular and that simple, because it is simplistic as fuck, uh, yeah, and it's, it's huge. You could spend your whole life being like, why do people love? This? Yeah, yeah, it is kind of <laughs> hard when it's like it's on a shirt at Walmart. And then you have to defend it yeah. artistically. I mean, guilt, same problem with Metallica. But the difference is I'll be like to a million people, like, I love Metallica. And a lot of people are like, you're an idiot. Right. And like, I love Metallica used to too. be we're okay and they mostly suck. You know what I mean? Like, same sort of thing with what I'm saying. We should come up with new um, homework, new suggestions. I agree. Okay. I, I thought of a comic which is an interesting like future story but it's not it's not really dystopian but it's i think in the vein of like this is something that i think is the best comic currently being written 
that um, people should check out. And it's an easy, like, to get into kind of comic because it's not like you don't have to have read, you know, uh, you know, with superhero comics, it's like you have to have read X-Men to read like Wolverine. This is just kind of a standalone thing, you know? Okay. And it's called Saga. Oh, I've never even heard of that. How is that possible? Yeah. That's crazy. It's written by uh, Brian K. Vaughn. And uh, I, t- I think right now the, f- the thing with a lot of comics is people try to follow the writers a lot more. And like, it's, um, he's one of those guys that like, he's my favorite writer. He's like the best version of like uh, modern contemporary, you know, comic book writing. Okay. Saga. Yeah, dude. I'm yeah. fucking in. I'm down. Yeah, Aristotle's chiming in. He likes it. He's <laughs> yeah. down. No, dude, dude, so you love Coheed and Cambria? You'll <laughs> love Saga, dude. <laughs> That's all I got to say. You're going to love Space Adventures. That's great, dude. Coheed and Cambria. Yeah. It's half Saga and half Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I, uh, and that is... <laughs> That's accurate. That is so fucking accurate. I'll bet it fucking is. Yes, I, uh... yes, yes. <laughs> we're gonna get there we're gonna get to fucking coheed and cambria if we stick with this new format uh, man damn okay well here's here's the issue i have i don't want to I, now i'm trying to guess something along these same lines that fits what you were just saying with saga okay that is music that you would like Okay. Here's, Look, if I'm, okay. Here, here's the note on that because there's <laughs> there is a line of thought here. I was like, okay, I gave you a dystopian future because mm-hmm. you said that, and you've given me as like that's what you like. So mm-hmm. now I'm trying to do something that's like, if you like that, here's right. like maybe a uh, more upbeat version. Or like kind of a different tinge to that, or like a more um, modern version of that. Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah. But it's difficult when you were like. This sucks, and I okay. want to die listening to it. What's even so. worse, though? <laughs> oh, is that what like, you want? Yeah, dude. Like, if you can really point wow. to something that's obscure and shitty, I would. I would also go for that. You know? Whoa, dude. Fuck, that's funny, man. To send you something, <laughs> I could pick something that I yeah. fucking hate. Um, <laughs> what's funny, too, dude, is yes. that like we <laughs> talked I about. <laughs> I don't know if you if you could, if you noticed. But Mm -hmm. by the end of us talking about the Ramones, I kind of am like, nah, you're right. They suck. (laughs) (laughs) I make a lot of, dude, I make, I I come with the facts. I come with the court case. You're right, dude. You laid out your facts and I was like, nah, dude, they suck though. Nice. (laughs) Sick, dude. Suck. Um, Sick. Judge Dredd, he's my favorite Ramone. Fucking sick. I forgot to text you my favorite song on that. uh, and, And actually it sucks because... The exact reason I sent you that record is that so like I really feel like their records got worse and worse throughout their career, and um, their first two records are just like flawless in my opinion, and then it it became the like rock and roll high school shit, and then it got like just weird and they changed singers a lot, and yeah. uh, so then there's a song on the live album called The Crusher that. Mm. The live version of The Crusher is my favorite Ramon song. And the studio version of The Crusher is one of the worst songs of all time. Oh, and wow. I, I love don't that. know how they did it. It's psychotic, their ability to put <sighs> some, make something terrible in the fucking studio and good live. I've seen um, that happen. It's, it's like so interesting. And it's like 
I don't know what it is where it's like you write a song that just works so good live. And it's like, I think it honestly comes down to studio time is like very tight. And if you can't figure out on the producing board or just in that room how to replicate that sound perfectly, just like, fuck it, move on. Right. Like usually if you write an album, you've got like, you know, double the amount of songs and you're just trying to like figure what you can get. Out, right you know? so if, right i That's guess so yeah they also might have been poor and they were just like yeah. fuck it let's just go in for three days well, and crank saying. out 20 songs <laughs> yeah right yeah. totally so i say it's like no money no time and you're just like all right i guess that was the crusher and like <laughs> fuck dude <laughs> The Crusher kind of Damn, that's really interesting because if you think about how stand-up works, that makes sense. Mm. They like mm-hmm. crank it out in the studio and they're like, whatever, just release it. People will buy it. And then over the course of years of touring it, the song gets better as they play it live. Wow, and, like, yeah. That's that so song, interesting. If yeah. uh, that You do see that with kind of like, especially Bob Dylan, but you know, a, a, a musician who's had a long run. Then they do like a completely different like instrumentation and stuff like that. Right. And a different interpretation of their own songs. Uh, but yeah, it's like, um, it's funny. They probably don't get it right right away or like they'd like to add on more. Right. Mm. Totally. Especially if it's so simplistic. That's it's why, uh, that's why, <laughs> what is it? Reanimation is the best Linkin Park album ever because ah, they just yes. took hybrid theory and did it over but better with yes. more video game noises. <laughs> I am definitely starting to see where we are going to be disagreeing oh, on things. Oh, I hope yeah. he recommends reanimation. <laughs> oh, I hope Dave recommends the Jay-Z Lincoln Park uh, war crime. Buddy, I have I, I came up with a, a suggestion that I think is perfect because it's for me as well. Okay. And I'll give you a little bit of a story of what it is before I tell you. You might have even heard it. But like... I was such a pop punk fan when I was in high school. I loved every side of it. I also liked harder punk rock. Like my favorite band at the end of high school was Bigwig. They're like really metally punk. They're heavier. And um, I went to a lot of local shows and um, I liked the poppy shit. I liked the heavier shit. I, re- I was into all of it. I loved fucking uh, drive through records. I, all that shit. I like, I got, I, <laughs> I loved Blink 182 and Newfound Glory. But for some reason, there was one pop punk band that I just hated. I just hated. And I think that it was like it had something to do with the fact that they were from where I was from and they were at every show and they all they were they opened for Big Wig so many times and I just didn't like their music and they would ju- I just had to sit through so many of their sets and I just didn't like it, right? Okay. So now, I <laughs> when I tell people this band, every single person, and by the way, Aristotle is one of them, uh, loves them, loves them so much. They are really good friends with Chris Conley from Saves the Day to the point where I have now met one of the guys and he's so nice. <laughs> he's godfather to my daughter. Yeah. I mean, I love this man, but his music is just... Well, now, okay. I just, for whatever reason, I haven't gone back and listened to it, and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be wrong, and that I will love it, and that I was just a bitchy little kid that wanted to hate something that wasn't bigwig. Uh, the band is Midtown, okay. uh, and I just loathed Midtown. Huh. I, uh, and like, yeah, Aristotle and I were at a Save the Day show in the green room. I don't know. And, oh, perfect. Fucking yeah. per- They were like know. on drive through Records. 
Um, they're in that whole family of like super poppy fucking high school punky okay. bands. And Shit. they... They were like though the most saccharine, the most poppy of all of it. They- God, I'm probably gonna love it. This sucks, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like kind of a sucker for like all time low and stuff at where it's like I'm like, this is garbage. <laughs> this is bad. Like this is bad for your heart. You're like a five this seconds ba- of summer it's, fan. It's also yeah, it's yeah, all of it. And it's bad for your worldview, but I right. I am like, this is good. This is yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I uh like I said, so many people I know like it, and I have friends who are friends with them, and I haven't heard it since being at shows when I was under eighteen. So I'm kind of guessing I'll love it. Uh, so this is for me too because okay. I, they're the only band I've ever booed, and I just want to say like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god, dude, dude, I, you must it, have been young, is, right? Like I was young. It was wrong. Hysterical. I, I do not. I don't think booing is ever okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Dude, totally. It Why sucked. would they pay to come boo? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it was like I I loved Big Wig and I saw them like a bunch of times in, in one month. And uh-huh. so I saw Midtown open for them like four times and I didn't want to see them. And they played this song that's their biggest song, and I didn't like yeah. the song. And uh mm-hmm. and so I was just like, ah, oh, boo! <laughs> and my buddy Damn. I was with was like, what the fuck? Don't do that. And I was like, whatever. And I like walked outside. <laughs> they make me scared of my own feelings. <laughs> Actually, do I do what it think is? that's what it was. Do you think they got too soft and you were just like, this is fucking bullshit? Like, I, I actually do yeah. think maybe yes. Because they that's were fair. the softiest feelingsist of the pop punk around me. And it's very <laughs> fey, very uh, high-pitched singing. So it I'll sounds you- like a boy band's name. Midtown. Midtown, totally. Like, dude, change the name. <laughs> that's a, that's an issue. That's a Ramones note. Change your fucking stupid name. What are you all called, Ramon? They were actually. Yeah, but not by birth. <laughs> well, you don't know that. That's called a that's called a ruse, Dave. Wait, wait, what? Or a, or a trick, as they say. <laughs> it's called a trick. Oh. <laughs> a lie, a fabrication, if you will. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot this. So maybe you know this band. The songwriter and lead singer of Midtown is the is also Cobra Starship. If you ever Hell listen yeah. to Cobra Starship. He's co- he's all of Cobra Starship? Yeah, totally. Or he's like the right Fucking... the singer and writer of all their shit, which I've also I... <clears throat> never wow. heard Cobra Starship. Dude, I gotta tell you that um that song they made for Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> is me it good? and me and Georgia play it all the time. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's it, it brought us together and it's such a like a funny bad song. I'm gonna send you that. You send me which Midtown album you want me to check okay. out. Yeah. Uh I only promise to listen to one and I will <laughs> absolutely send you this Cobra Starship song. Cool. I think it had like Travi McCoy. Remember that guy from what's it? Uh, uh, I don't know what that is. Sorry, it's it's all like really bad, like warp tour stuff. Okay, hmm. gym class heroes. It's really funny. Oh, I don't even it's, know what that it's is. So bad. Okay, it's yeah. all bad. Don't worry, it's all bad. <laughs> so next week you'll send me Saga and that, and then I'll yeah. send you Midtown. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I just I think at this point I want to like it as Redemption because I feel bad that I booed them. <laughs> yeah. I hope there's I hope they're still playing during Corona and we can go support them. Me too. 
Be like, shut up and wear a mask. <laughs> Stop playing. Put on masks and shut up. <laughs> Here's another fact about that guy. Such He's such games. good friends with Chris mm. Conley. That he was, I guess, on the cover of Through Being Cool. He's one of the guys at that party. And that's why he was hanging out in the green room, because they reenacted the cover of Through Being Cool in that green room. Yeah. I'm just saying. Wow. I'm an asshole, man. Maybe he can be my friend. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Sounds pretty cool. All right. right. That was fun, dude. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. let's record a bonus. You guys check out bonus episodes at patreon.com slash y'all ever. Since we took a break from uh, reading your emails uh, on our main episode this week, we're going to read some listener emails on the the bonus episode this week. It's y'all ever email at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. yeah, and guys, check out the YouTube channel for this if you want to see the video of all this. Uh, Aristotle's good enough to cut all this together, and that's at uh, the Y'all Ever YouTube channel. And also follow Dave and I's YouTube channels. Follow us on uh, social media and shit like that. Yeah, you guys dude. are the best. Yeah, I love you guys so much. Glad you're alive. We'll see you next week. Glad you're alive. Check you. Bye. Star Bands Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.